as long as there's been businesses, there have been customers with needs. At the very least, you have clients who have a need that needs to be resolved. At its worst, you have a client that is disruptive to your business and puts your operation, your staff, and your clients at risk. How do you diffuse these types of difficult customers? That's coming up next on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Each week, we deliver relevant and timely content to help you develop your business so you can take your time to work on your business, not just in your business. I'm your host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Payne. Welcome to Experience Leadership. I'm your host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Payne. I am so glad to have you here for this episode. Our special guest today is service expert Russ Dontu. He's a specialist in customer service and employee engagement. And I look forward to chatting with him in just a moment or two. If you're listening to this, thank you very much. Please go ahead and share this post. Subscribe to my podcast. Please put a rating into iTunes. That'll help. It'll help me know that I'm on the right track and that you find this information valuable. And of course, if you do find this information valuable, please do give it a thumbs up. Share the podcast. And please share with people you think could benefit from the content. Dealing with difficult people has always been a challenge for businesses, even before COVID-19. I mean, we had those customers who would say something when something was wrong. They'd come to you and say something, but they were so, they were so forgiving. And they'd say, oh, I understand. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And they were so good at what they did. Then we also had customers that wouldn't say anything to us, but then they'd go and tell their closest allies, their friends and families about whatever the issue was, never really coming to see us about it. And then we take it a first step further. We have those people who would complain, but who would only seem happy if we sacrificed a small goat in order to, in order to satisfy their needs. Um, I did an episode where I focused on how uh, to respond to online keyboard warriors. And it's on my YouTube channel and it's going to be on this podcast as well. But, you know, they're the ones who they tell you everything's fine to your face. And then something happens and they crucify you on social media. Now, I don't know if it's a Canadian thing. Maybe some of my American audience would could clarify this for me. But I don't know. In Canada, you you're, you go to somebody and they say, oh, it was great. Thank you so much. It was amazing. And then they would drive home and they'd slam you on social media. And I, I figured there's a correlation between the distance between the store and the their home. Because I think the longer it took them to get home, the more mad they got. And all of a sudden, they're making their stuff that you didn't even know was an issue. <laughs> but now, with getting customers to wear masks, well, it's almost as if we've unleashed the devil incarnate. So today, I'd like to know from you our question of the day. So what has been your experience with customers and their masks? Has it been a problem in your business? Have you had confrontations between customers and your staff or yourself and, and um, the, the customers in some form or fashion? Go ahead and put your comments in the comment box below. I'd love to hear the, give us the juicy details. Tell us everything. We want to know. 
We want to share. <laughs> so as I mentioned, our guest today is fellow service expert and speaker, trainer, Russ Dontu. Russ is the author of At Your Service, a guide to delivering exceptional customer service, and has been delivering workshops, seminars, and keynotes on customer service for over 20 years. I mean, he looks so young. <laughs> and through his 30 years of studying customer service practices in a variety of sectors, he has helped thousands of companies increase their bottom line, retain their employees, and rise above their competition. Uh, if you go to his website at rustonto.com, you will see the list of clients that he services, and it is amazing, uh, the people, the scope of his experience. If you have ever attended one of his sessions, you will know that his programs and keynotes leave you equipped with the key tools you need to take your customer service to the very next level. Russ, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> hey, Mark, great to be here. Thank you very much for that uh, amazing introduction. I should have you with me all the time. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, it's like an air thing. I have to pump you up. <laughs> nah, I mean it. I'm absolutely, I absolutely sincere in what in my in my recommendation and and having you on the show. I was so excited when you said you would do my show. So thank you so much. Um, uh, you, this is actually the very first time that I've had another service expert on the show. Uh, you okay. and I both talk basically to the same people. We talk about the same kinds of things, which is how to wow our customers and how to keep them coming back. And I can't help but wonder, with both of us on this call. Are we going to spend all our time just trying to make each other happy? <laughs> what do you think? You know what? It's such, it's such an important topic. When you asked me, I was I was all over it because I, I've been following you for quite a few years as well, Mark, and know that you're uh, a customer service uh, expert. So um, I'm always intrigued at what other customer service experts are saying, and, and I love your style and, and what you do when you engage your customers mm -hmm. as well. Well, thank you very much. So, so Russ, maybe to kick off, maybe you could tell a little, tell us a little bit about what you do for your clients. All right. Th thanks very much. I am a customer and employee um, retention strategist. So uh, I've got a very simple formula. Uh, you know, basically, happy employees equal happy customers equal happy you. And I think anything we do in customer service has to start with our employees. We have to have the right people in the right positions. We have to have that culture that has the whole team working together. And, and that can be a huge, huge um, thing to accomplish, especially when you look at all the different generations these days. Uh, you know, when you, you think of the baby boomers, which are on their way out, and you've got your, your Generation X, your Generation Y, your Generation Z, or your, you know, your, your millennials, uh, mixing those all in and, and getting a cohesive team and finding all of their needs to keep them happy so they can make your customers happy so you can make more money. Customer service should be pretty simple, but it, it's getting more complex all the time. Yeah, it really is. Eh? And when you think about it, you know, I, I always joke with people that business would be so easy if it wasn't for the customers. They seem to be yeah. that one variable that we're always constantly having to adjust to. But as I mentioned earlier, customer service and specifically dealing with customers that have high needs is challenging the best of times. Now, the internet is full of issues around masks, so much so that they are getting, literally, they're on the nightly news virtually every single night. So what makes these issues really dangerous is that the arguments have become more about civil liberties 
And in some cases, they've even become racial. We've had issues where people have gone into convenience stores and started berating the clerks because the clerk was asking them to wear a mask. And then they start attacking based on based on race. And it's unfair to the clerks. They are not prepared for it. What, What are your thoughts, Russ, about this what I call a polarizing situation? Uh, it definitely is. And, you know, I, I, I was out uh, a few weeks ago. I stopped at the bank. I stopped at Safeway and I stopped at Cobbs, all in the same vicinity. And there were customers in there not wearing masks. So I, I went up to the bank teller when I got up there and I said, I can ask you a question. Why is it that that big guy over there and he was about six foot four, 275 pounds. I didn't want to get into it with him. Uh, I said, why, why is it that he's not he's allowed to be in here not wearing a mask? And she says. He's a regular customer. He told us that um, he can't wear a mask. And we're not allowed to question to him as to why he cannot wear a mask, which I think is is crap. I think we should have some sort of card for those people so that it makes that easier for them so they don't get all the glaring looks from other people. Um, but also to keep it fair, because uh, him just saying, I don't have to wear a mask, um, I don't have to tell you why, I didn't think that was right. Then I went into Cobbs. I asked them the same question. There was an elderly gentleman in there. And uh, even though their sign said everyone has to wear a mask, they said, we're not enforcing it. We're sort of playing it as people come in, you know, if they're polite, um, if they're keeping their distance from others, um, then we leave it alone. We don't want any confrontation with them. And I said, well, how is that fair to me? I don't like wearing a mask, but I do it because it's supposed to be the law, but nobody's enforcing it. And the same in Safeway. And the, I, I talked to a couple of employees down different aisles and they just said, yeah, we put up the signs, we do announcements, um, but we're not enforcing it. So it, it, it is definitely a real problem. And I see it as a consumer, that's a concerned consumer. And I also see it for the business owners as well. And because it's such a hostile uh, environment as well, the people that are not wearing masks uh, can get quite angry. And the ones that are wearing masks can get quite angry that those aren't, uh, people aren't wearing the masks. So I think we have to obviously err on the side of caution because we have to take our safety into account first. Uh, right here in Calgary, we had that happen a few weeks ago in a fabric land store with a lady that went absolutely berserk on the clerks and they kept their cool. They were very firm with her, um, but they made it very clear that she needed to leave and she was not welcome to come back. So I, I think that's what businesses need to do and takes it to the next level now where you get the Google reviews and you're going to get negative Google reviews from these people. So I'm hoping everybody that reads Google reviews actually takes that into consideration because it's not fair to the businesses as well. Right. Um, you know, it's funny because I think you, you, you mentioned that companies decided, even though they have a policy that they're not enforcing it, mm-hmm. any reason why they're not enforcing it? Is it lack of training? Is it a lack of motivation? Do they just not want to get involved? What, what I was Hearing from every, well, the Safeway didn't say it, but Cobbs and the bank said it was, we've been told to avoid confrontation. So if somebody comes in, as long as they're polite, um, if they say they, they're not required to wear a mask or, or they can't for a health reason, then they let it go. Um, they're, they're not supposed to, you know, escalate the situation, which, you know, in customer service, we don't want to escalate the situation either we want to try and keep our our customers as calm as po- as possible when they're uh when we're dealing with customer complaints and that but um it's definitely a new area where it seems to be all over the place right now 
um, with what businesses are doing. And, and I wish the, I wish it would be policed better because I think that's what we need to keep everybody safe. So there are municipalities now that are making masks mandatory, yet there are still incidences where customers are are being still being served without a mask. And in past episodes, I talked about the importance of recognizing and addressing conflict within team members. You know, that when team members are squabbling and the supervisor just goes on with blinders and doesn't see it. Do you get a sense that uh, leaders within their businesses are doing the same thing now when it comes to people wearing masks? I think they are. I think the, I think the leaders might be a little bit overwhelmed with everything that's um, happened since COVID with all of the new safety measures that have to be in place, so all the extra work that it takes to actually make workplaces uh, safe in that. And, and I think when it comes to employees, it's just one more thing, because you said about, you know, if we didn't have customers, life would be easy. I, I'm going to say if we didn't have to worry about our employees, life would be easy. Uh, and I remember years ago when I was in the trade show industry, at times I had upwards of 100 employees. And I tell you, it felt like you were babysitting all the time with people constantly coming in your door with concerns. It was like you were a counselor trying to help them or they were bickering with Joe and Sally was mad at Susie and and it went on and on and on. So, um, you know, first off, you, yeah, you have to try and diffuse the situation. You have to get both sides of the argument. And then usually I, I would bring them both into the room um, to have a little sit down after and, and go over things to see if we could rectify it. Because uh, it, if you don't deal with it right away, it just festers and grows into something very ugly and uh, manifests itself. So uh, that's my take on that. Interesting take on it, because ultimately what I see is that uh, if operators fail to react to the needs of their customers, they are just setting themselves up to damage their brand. It's so funny, I went into a grocery store, I was my, with my mom, bless her heart, she's 85 years old. Yeah. And so we have our masks on and we're shopping and she's coming next to me and there are two young guys who came up and they had no problem breaking the social distancing rules. They had no problem coming close to my mom. And so I told my mom, I'd want to get her a T-shirt that says, I'm 85, I'd like to see 90. <laughs> right? Please stay away, right? You know, the alternative was to get her like a, a sombrero with a three-foot rim. You know, so it's, it's going to be nice and big. <laughs> Just to keep people away from her. I'd like to dive into your Endear formula for dealing with difficult people. But before we do that, can you let our audience know how they can get in touch with you? Thanks very much, uh, Mark. It, it, you know what? It's very simple. Russ at RussDantu.com. So R-U-S-S at R-U-S-S-D-A-N-T-U.com. Excellent. Good. And if they want to email you, the link is there on the website as well. It's on there as well. You betcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so Russ, in your experience, I mean, 30 years you've been doing this, what, what kinds of bad habits do leaders have when it comes to dealing with difficult or challenging customers? <sighs> you know, I, I think sometimes they're just having a bad day. And, and when something goes wrong, they say things that they shouldn't. So, I mean, good leaders need to really focus on getting all facts before they um, speak. And when they do speak, they have to remain calm. Now, I, I wasn't always the best manager either. I used to lose my cool once in a while. But, um, you know, there I, I've shared a story many times before during my sessions and that about a very, um, uh, a great pizza place in Banff. And uh, uh, one of my 
good clients in that used to go there three or four times a year. They would just drive out to Banff uh, from Calgary, two-hour drive. They'd spend a day out there with their kids. They actually did this before they were married, and they would always end their day at this pizza place. And they did that for about 15 years. Um, then they had, and they had kids. And so the four of them would do that. Their last time they were there, this was several years ago now, but they went to the pizza place, they ordered four meals. And um, the waitress was, I think she was fairly new, but she was nice and everything. And then she came out and provided three meals. And they looked at her and said, well, what, what about my daughter's calamari? And she says, oh, the calamari machine is broken. I'm sorry. And I'm thinking, what the heck is a calamari machine? Uh, but they said, okay, well, you could have told us that earlier. She says, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And they said, okay, look, we're in a rush. No, no worries. Just take that off the bill. Um, we'll eat our three meals. We'll share some of it and we'll be on our way and everything. So she went and talked to the chef and, and one of the managers um, and, and then came back and said, you know what, we're, we're going to take that off the bill, obviously, because you didn't get it. And we're going to take another meal off of there as well. So my my friend, uh, my customer was very happy. She gets up to the till and the owner had just come back in from doing a bank deposit or something like that. Um, and he's like, why is there a free meal on here? This isn't right. And she started to explain the situation. Well, he twisted on her um, and said, you want free meals? You go somewhere else to eat. You pay for your meals when you come in here. So you get nothing for free. And she says, I'm just trying to tell you. We've been coming here. He says, I don't care what you want to tell me. And then he dropped an F-bomb in the middle of a sentence in front of her kids. And she stood there dumbfounded and said, this will be the last time we visit your premise. And we've been coming here for about 17 years now, um, three or four times a year. So with that, with him reacting the way he did, he lost it. Not only did he lose it, then she went on to the reviews and she started posting all over the place. Now, now it's bam. So did it hurt his business? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, he's still in business. I know he is. But I have not eaten there since either. So, uh, you know, it, it's just we've got to look after our customers. And sometimes for the sake of a meal, what was the calamari meal worth? Twelve, fifteen dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, and then a free meal on top of that. It just, you know, it just didn't make sense. So, and then, you know, and the other thing that we fail to recognize is that all our customers have a lifetime value. Right. Uh, but they also have a customer value. So the customer itself will come back time and time again, and that's a lifetime customer value. But then their lifetime value is who do they talk to? Yeah. Who do they suggest goes to your business? And this this idea with the, you know running the new policies now with mandatory masks and that sort of thing, I, I think it's incumbent upon the businesses now to really turn around and figure out how are they going to strategize a good policy and a good response to people who need masks. I went to one one place and they had uh, they had somebody standing at the door. Just letting people know you have to put on a mask. And they yeah. were okay if a customer turned around and went, and he turned around and walked away. They yeah. they knew, they they set the, the game plan ahead of time. They set the rules ahead of time instead yeah. of kind of intercepting the customer when he's three quarters of the way through the door. You know, the Costco thing is interesting because mm -hmm. in Costco, they have a greeter. So if somebody walks in, if masks are mandatory in Costco and somebody walks in without a mask, the staff should have been trained to intercept that person in a way that's diplomatic 
Uh, but that's yeah. firm and that is non-aggressive, but it is forceful enough to make the person either turn around, put a mask on or turn around and come back another day. Yeah, you're being okay. proactive uh, with having all of that there for them. So you're doing something above and beyond what you normally do with customer service. And yeah, you're right. If they if they still don't want to do it, then, yeah. then you've done everything you can. But you're right. Yeah. Get, get ahead of the game and do it at the door instead of chasing them around the store after people complain. Yeah. Um, so to our audience, I hope this is making sense to you. And I hope this is of value as well. Again, I, I strongly suggest, you know, if you, you know, we know people in our industries and we know that when there's a topic, we go, oh, you know what? John needs to hear this. Go ahead and share share the, the, the post. This is a way that you could be of service to somebody else. So, Russ, before the whole COVID thing happened, I saw you speak at the Calgary Hotel Association Conference. And I was intrigued by your philosophy of endear, which is E-N-D-E-A-R. Could you break that down for the audience? Sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, so endear is an acronym that I made up to help people when they're dealing with difficult customers. There, there's six steps in there. You do not have to follow all six. Depends on the situation, depends on the personality type you're dealing with, uh, the time frame you have, if that person's in a rush and you're still trying to make it right. But basically, uh, the first E stands for empathy, something we always need to show our customers. And what it means is jumping on the other side of the counter and putting yourself in their shoes, uh, thinking, how would it feel if I was going through this uh, or how does it feel when I'm dealing with a company that I'm not happy with and I'm trying to have a uh, larger complaint? Uh, the N stands for needs. We want to find out what their needs are, their specific needs. What I always tell people is grab a pen and paper and say to them, would you mind if I take notes while you're telling me everything that's uh, happened here? That usually impresses them because nobody does that. Uh, the D is for diffusion. Quite often, we already know what the answer is before they're finished talking. But if we step on them uh, to come up with a solution, it, it's going to further frustrate them. So let them get whatever they need to get off their chest. Uh, let, let them voice it, get it all out there. And then they'll look at you waiting for an answer. And that's when you can step in with that. The next E is for education. And depending on the business you're in, sometimes you'll have to educate the customer uh, as to how things are done or, you know, returns of products, how that's handled and everything. The only thing you want to stay away from here is saying that's not our policy because you're just going to upset them or that's not our procedure. Uh, you know, you may have to educate them and say, I, I know you bought these widgets um, and I'm going to make an exception this time. We're going to return them. But once you open them and throw the packaging away, we usually don't accept them back. And this is the reason why. Or if you're working for your municipality, I mean, there's obviously lots of laws when people are pulling permits as to um, what they have to follow and everything like that. So you can just usually tell them what those rules are. And, you know, I will make the rules. And I agree, some of them might seem a little bit harsh, but these are the rules we have to follow in order for you to get to the next step of this permit. Um, the A is very important. It's an apology. And an apology does not mean that you are wrong. It does not admit that you are wrong, but you're apologizing to the person because they're in this situation. I can see how that would really be painful to you. I apologize that this has happened. Uh, let's see what we can do to fix it. Now, if you are wrong, you definitely want to apologize um, just because you should. And a lot of companies don't. They're just like, oh, okay, yeah, a mistake was made. Uh, 
let, let, let's fix it. And they go on where there's no apology. And I think an apology is a very important part. The R stands for resolve. So after you've done everything else, you, you want to make sure that the situation is fixed or there's some sort of resolution that's happened where the customer walks away. You've helped them find another uh, supplier if it gets to that point, if you can't help them. So that's basically in a nutshell part. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting because a lot of what you've talked about as far as dealing with kind of this framework is exactly what I mentioned when I talked about responding to reviews. You know, how many times do people lose it when they see the review comes up and they, they get defensive? And I think part of the challenge that we have when we deal with a customer who's upset is we start taking things personally and right. our feelings get hurt. When somebody, especially if somebody's pointing their finger at you and saying, you guys did this. And then right away we get onto this defense mode where, you know, the minute we start playing the defense, we're losing the game. And, and so it's, it's a very valuable framework. And I will put that in the show notes so people can use it as a checklist. When, when it comes down to dealing with difficult people, uh, difficult situations, like for instance, somebody comes in and starts getting mad because you're asking them to put on a mask or vice versa, that they're coming into the store and they're seeing that you, maybe your staff are not wearing masks or whatever. Are there any other cautionaries businesses should consider, like things that, what are the don'ts that they should not do when dealing with difficult customers? Uh, well, definitely don't antagonize them or um, roll your eyes or, or look away. You want to have, you want to make them feel like they are the only person in the room when they're complaining, if you're looking over their shoulder or waving or, or, you know, typing on your computer or shuffling papers or anything like that, you're just going to uh, further infuriate them. So that's definitely uh, uh, one of the don'ts. Don't, don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have to make sure you take it very seriously, even though you probably deal with some of these common things every day to that person. This is, this is huge. So downplaying it and saying, okay, look, you know, it's not that big a deal. Um, you have to be very, very careful with your wording and how you do it. And the other thing I, I, I like to suggest is really know your personalities um, so that you know how to reply to that person. You, you may get somebody that's, that's in there and, and, and they're upset, but they're, they're still pretty friendly and you've known them for a little while and everything. You may be able to put a little bit of a comical twist on it where they will be happy and they will laugh. But if you do that with somebody that you don't know, that's very direct and look, I need this fixed and I need it fixed now, then you're going to be in trouble with that. So uh, I do encourage people to, to learn about all the different personalities out there, whatever system you like to do. Uh, I, I do a couple of those training sessions. I'm sure you do as well, Mark, but, but it's such a key aspect in making sure that we handle uh, customer and employee um, issues properly is knowing, knowing who we're dealing with. You know, you hit the nail on the head. Um, okay. this idea of training, I have gone into businesses where I suggest that they train their staff. And I don't know about you, but I've heard the, the whole thing a thousand times. What happens if I train them and they leave? And then, you know, the response is what happens if you train them and they stay <laughs> that they, yeah. you know, we would not think about letting people handle our cash without knowing that they know how to handle cash. Likewise, though, we have this thing that because we figure, oh, customers are, it's people, it's, it's common sense that we don't train it. And, and you mentioned something about this idea of training 
people to understand the different kinds of personalities. Can you tell me a little bit about like your training program? How deep do you go into this idea of defining various personality styles? Uh, well, you know what? When I'm when I'm doing customer service training, we usually spend if we're doing a full day, or even if we're doing a half day, I'll spend about two hours on communication because I think that is is the key to success in any customer service uh, aspect of your business. In that, so um, there is a wonderful book. It's called The Platinum Rule. Uh, I've read that several times, and basically, you have your your extroverts, which are your directors and your socializers, and you have your introverts, which are your relators and your thinkers. So um, I've actually got, I think it's 24 questions, different words and everything from their book. And I'm always promoting their book when, I, when I'm doing this. But I have people do a self-test and 95% of the time uh, it comes out and people are nodding their heads. Yeah, that's me to a T. And they'll ask their people at their table because we do a little group discussion on it. And people go, oh, that's definitely you. Um, so understanding who you are, uh, what what uh, personality you fit into is very important as well. Um, because then you can change the way you respond to a person and that person will go if you switch modes. So if I'm talking to a socializer and I'm a director, uh, I can just switch to socializer and make it a little bit more fun. And all of a sudden they'll be like, I'm liking this person. They're pretty much like me. We're on the same wavelength here. And it'll go miles in building relationships, saving relationships. Um, the same when you're dealing with employees as well. You, you know, sometimes you, you, I'll talk to managers and they're, they're hitting their head against the wall because I just can't get through to this person. Um, and it's like, okay, and then you start asking them about this person and what are they like and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait, why don't you try this approach? And they'll come back to me and say, that was amazing. It was so simple. I just had to change the way I talked to them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, especially young managers when they've been promoted because they've been absolutely fabulous, but they haven't been given any training as like a, a team leader or a manager. Uh, it's simple things like that can make a world of difference. And that was also a subject of one of my previous videos as well. Uh, the oh. guts to lead. And it's focused on this idea that we promote our best performers because it's like, wow, they're just really great at what they right. do. Let's make them a manager and hopefully they'll rub off on everybody else. But then we don't give them leadership training. <laughs> and, we just, and then they flounder and they go, I don't know what I did. I used to be so good. Now I suck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's funny because you know uh so like likewise when i think communication is is a huge key to the training aspect to understand those personality types but at the same token one of the things that i teach in my course is i teach about hot buttons we do we do a self-evaluation to find out what is it that pisses you off because if you're if you understand where your fuse is short then you're able then to compensate for it and be able to say, okay, I can, this is the personality that is my, my arch nemesis and I'm just going to put my best face forward and I'm going to use the strategies I learned and I'm just going to deal with it instead of getting myself my knickers in a twist. Don't want my knickers in a twist. It hurts. <laughs> I, love, I love that, Mark. And you know what? And it, you thinkers used to drive me nuts. They used to drive me nuts because you'd ask them a question and you'd sit there and it's like, answer the question, answer the question. Yeah. Um, but they're actually processing what you've said and they're coming up with a logical answer. Yeah. So I'm not a very patient person. My wife will tell you that too, uh, but I'm getting better. And I know when I'm dealing with somebody like that, that I have to really, really dig in deep and go, okay, this is going to take a little longer than normal, but uh, to smile and 
nod and agree and uh, it'll work. If you know you're impatient, then having that realization, then it's like, okay, this is the point now where I start getting impatient. So here's the formula or here's the strategy I'm going to use to be able to give people their time. And I think, uh, I think it was Stephen Covey that said that it's important to give people the attention they need. The level of attention you provide them is as important to, to you as they are to you. So mm-hmm. if you want to keep your people, then you have to give them all the time and attention and you really have to care about the outcome as opposed mm-hmm. to what we used to do, you know, way back when, which was, you know, you dangle a carrot and hope everybody jumps for it, right? Um, so we, we, we're going to have to wrap up. But um, so I just wanted to review those six steps one more time, the six steps to the Endear formula. Could you just review them one more time and I'll make sure that they're in the show notes. All right, I'll shout them out. We've got uh, empathy, needs, diffusion, education, apology, and resolve. Nice. Folks, you can get that in the show notes. You can just, as a little checklist, if you want to dig deeper into it, then feel free to reach out to Russ. Russ, thank you so much for being on the show today. Again, could you just remind everybody how they can get hold of you? Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for having me on your show. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, You can reach me at russ at russdantu.com. I'm generally up about five in the morning and uh, I'm usually still up about uh, 10 or 11 o'clock at night. I will get back to you. If I don't answer my phone, I do get back to you within 24 hours for sure. Usually a lot sooner than that, unless I'm on an airplane, which isn't happening much right now. (laughs) Not happening anytime soon. Anytime soon. Rush again, thank you so much. I, I am so grateful that you could be here today to share your knowledge and expertise. And I know it's going to be valuable. And, you know, it's funny because before we started up, you said, well, aren't you going to say, you know, aren't you going to share? And it's like, you know, this is about you. My other ones where I don't have guests, I get to share all the time. So I love hearing your philosophies. I love hearing your thoughts on this idea of dealing with tough customers. And um, it's it was great having you. Thank you so much. Well, thank it you was so wonderful. much. Uh, absolutely <laughs> enjoyed my time here. Thank you. Thank you. So these are really core skill sets that I think that every business owner needs to not only needs for themselves, but they need to share with their team. And so as always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to brainstorm your business with your team, please feel free to book yourself on my online calendar down below. The link is below. It is meetme.so slash Mark It's important to use the resources you have. And honest to goodness, I make this time, that 30 minutes is about you. It's about your needs. It is strictly about me asking you some questions to get to know a little bit about what you're doing. And then I ask questions to get you and your team to brainstorm solutions. And at the very least, at 30 minutes, maybe you can realize some things. And if along the path, if I see that maybe there's some resource that I can't help you with, I know lots of people in the industry who could help you. And maybe I could then make a recommendation for you. As always, I am at your service. I hope you stay healthy, stay safe, and dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure to visit my website at markkane.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, I'd really appreciate a rating on iTunes or you can share it and tell your friends about the show. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern time for our newest episode. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.